hello everybody and welcome back to the Balance Factor podcast. I am your host, Emily Newton, and today we are going to be talking about how to prioritize your mental health. And if you didn't know, the month of May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I thought we would start off on a strong note and dive deep into what it actually means to prioritize your mental health and what that can look like in a long-term lifestyle change. And this idea of prioritizing your mental health is not a single moment. It is a lifestyle change that involves working on the patterns and habits and behaviors that you exhibit on an everyday basis and recognize those intrusive thoughts before they overtake your life and ruin your day, ruin your week, ruin your month. It really is a lifestyle change and it takes time, patience, and dedication. And so that's what I'm going to talk about in this episode is the idea of making that step in change into adjusting and rewiring your lifestyle to optimize your brain function and overcome those mental health challenges that you experience throughout your lifetime. Now before we dive deep into this episode, I do want to give out a disclaimer that I will be talking about mental health, specifically anxiety and depression. So if you are somebody who is struggling and this may be triggering to you, please use your judgment before listening to this episode. As well, I also want to touch on the point that I am no medical expert or doctor. I am just somebody who is going to be talking about their own experiences and things I have learned throughout my lifetime and journey, as well as things I have learned through my education. But I am by no means not a medical professional, so please take what I'm saying with every little grain of salt. And that is all. So without further ado, let's get right into this episode. Okay, so I kind of want to start off this episode by talking about my experience with mental health and how I've gotten to where I am today. Um, So as a child, as a very young child, I was extremely anxious and um, as I went through elementary school, middle school, high school, I suffered from chronic anxiety. Um, I was I felt very isolated and alone because I was 11 years old um, going to therapy yet at the time no one it's it still was at the time when not it was it was at the time where it wasn't discussed as much as it, it, it is now and normalized so for me I always felt very abnormal I felt like I didn't belong because of my situation but now as I get older and everything's kind of coming to the surface with the ability and normalcy of receiving therapy um, there definitely has been a shift in that um, feeling I have but so basically I you know I've suffered from anxiety a lot throughout my life and I it is something that is engraved in my system it's the way I'm wired 
and it does have its um, benefits for sure. It makes me hardworking, driven. Um, a lot of my perfectionist personality traits that actually are beneficial when it comes to doing assignments and completing tasks, you know, I see those as a privilege and a blessing. But then there's also the other side of it where, you know, I would go out with friends and be an anxious worrywart the whole time. So, you know, anxiety has its pros and cons and that's something I've really learned throughout my lifetime. But it's not, it definitely is not something that um, is easy to manage. But yeah, so I mean, I've grown up going through therapy and receiving support from my family and friends and for me it's become integrated into my everyday habit and routine to prioritize my mental health because I was I learned to do that at a young age but as I'm getting older and I and I know of or I see people that are just discovering or wanting to seek help at the age within their 20s or even their 30s for their mental health, it's a lot more difficult because you didn't grow up with those habits compared to where I've, I have I was privileged to have the ability to have those access to the resources at a young age. So it's very um, engraved in my, in my thought process and the way I function. Now, mental health is different for each and every person it can come out in different ways it can come out at different times you know it could be during a period where um, you're going through some life changes or you're grieving post uh, breakups as a kid maybe there was some trauma that you went through or things happened in school it's really different for everyone and this is something that we really need to recognize is that it can come out in different periods of your life. For me, it came out as a very young age and it came out extreme and intense whereas there can be other people, you know, it may not hit them till they're in their 40s and they're having um, difficulties in their career and they experience a little bit of anxiety. It may not be an extreme case, but it's not something they're normally used to. So for them, it feels very out of sorts and it makes them feel very out of their body and out of sync with their thought process and the way they're functioning. Now, there's one thing to know that, you know, everyone talks about prioritizing your mental health. And this is really what I want to get into this episode about is that it's one thing to say, you know, we need to work on our mental health or I want to work on my mental health. I want to prioritize it and make it something that it's really important and valuable to me in my lifestyle. But the issue is a lot of people don't understand what that looks like and how it needs to be done. And that's really what I want to touch on in today's episode And that it's not a two-second kind of flip of the switch situation. It's a change in the lifestyle and the everyday thought process and functioning and wiring of your brain that you're working on. So I kind of like to think about it as, say someone is 
trying to become stronger or they're trying to lose weight, something like that. And they think, first off, if in order to lose weight, you have to be consistent and, and dedicated to a schedule, a regimen, a lifestyle change in order to achieve that weight loss. And it's not something that happens overnight. It's not a one-time fix. It's a long-term commitment to your physical and systemic metabolic well-being. The same thing kind of goes for your mental health. Not kind of. It does go for your mental health. And that seeing a therapist or seeing a support group or asking for help or seeking help is not going to change the situation long term. Working and prioritizing your mental health is a commitment and it requires patience, being dedicated and reflective of your thoughts and emotions on a daily basis. Now what I mean by that is Throughout your day, you have to be cognizant and aware of what you are thinking, how you are thinking, and how you are perceiving others. It's not something that you can see a therapist and they give you a solution and that's, that's the fix. Everything's fixed. It requires homework. It's like going to school. You have to go home and do your homework. It's the same thing when you go and get help. You have to do your homework. And this is something I really learned, um, I would say probably in my teenage years when I started to become a bit more, you know, oh, okay, well, I went went and saw my psychologist. I'm going to be fine now. And then, you know, two weeks would pass and nothing really changed. And, you know, my parents would turn to me and say, are you doing your homework? I'd be like, no, because it, it, who would want to do their homework, right? Especially if it's not something where I'm being graded on it. And then I go back for my next appointment and I get asked, you know, did you do your homework? And I'll be like, yeah, but I didn't actually really do it. So I wasn't actually fully benefiting from it. And until I kind of, you know, I think once I went to university and I was really independent and realize, you know, no one's going to hold my hand throughout this process. I have to make the choice to do this. And it's not going to be a matter of someone telling me what to do. It's a matter of me taking the choice and, and action to actually do it for myself. And prioritize that into my everyday routine. So... Prioritizing your mental health is not just thinking about, oh, I want to work on my mental health. I want to I want to become better. I want to become less anxious. It's actually a matter of doing the work. It's like a full-time job. If you are committed to doing it, or if you want to do it, you have to be committed for the long run. You have to want that change. And it can't come from anybody else except for you. You can't expect someone or a family or friend to hold your hand the entire time and tell you what to think and how to think. You need to figure out for yourself how to do that. And it takes time, patience, and dedication. So in terms of actually doing the homework, doing the work, 
And, you know, I really shouldn't call it homework. I should more just say doing the work. But it's like if you go and you see your personal trainer to get stronger or you go to a physiotherapist, the only way you're going to do better and make those recoveries from those injuries that have happened to your body is by doing those exercises. Say you break your back or you break your leg and you you need to go to a physiotherapist for several months afterwards or even a year to help you get back to your normal state of functioning. It's the same thing with your mental health. And we people tend to not look at it that way because it's something that we can't physically and tangible it's not tangible. It's not something that you can see on your leg or see the muscle like so say someone broke their leg and they have um, some weakness and you can tell their muscles, there's muscle dy- dystrophy and they're quite weak. You know, they can see that change with the physical therapy physically through their eyes. With our minds, we don't see what that change looks like. So it's a lot harder to say motivated and committed to the process of prioritizing your mental health because we don't see the results until they actually come out until the way we feel and the way we feel reflects the way we think but if we're not working on the way we think then we won't feel the way we want to and especially if we're not working on the way we think we're not going to stay motivated and committed to the lifestyle change that we're trying to achieve so I mean, in terms of doing the homework, it's really up to you. And you're the one in control of doing it. And it has to be done in a way that's actually meaningful and has a purpose to it. So, I mean, people can tell you to go and journal in the morning. Journaling is great. I love journaling. Definitely, especially when I'm having... One of those days where I'm just absolutely flustered and I just can't seem to bring myself to a normal state and mellow sensation throughout my body and I feel hyperactive, journaling is something I definitely resort to. But what I've noticed, especially with writing out my thoughts, is it can help. But it's not actionable in the way that it's actually changing my thought process. It's just a mind dump. It's just taking exactly what's in my brain and putting it onto a piece of paper. But it's not changing the wiring and the thought process and the way I perceive information. And that's what I'm trying to change. So you have to be aware when doing your homework I, I I feel like I need to stop using the word homework it's only thing if someone has a better name for what I should call this I, I'm going to just keep stay, saying homework but if someone has a better name let me know but in terms of actually staying with the homework yet it has to be something that's going to be Changing the thought process and the way you're functioning. That's how you're going to see the results. Mind dumping and journaling are great tools and tactics to use, especially when you're having one of those days where you just feel like you need to 
get that noise out of your head. But it also needs to be integrated along with other tools and tactics that are really more working on your thought process and the way you perceive and think on a day-to-day basis. And that's why I say it's a genuine lifestyle change is because it's not something that you can just go and write on a piece of paper and expect everything to be solved. You actually have to figure out where is this coming from? Why am I thinking this way? Recognize those patterns And as you continue to recognize those patterns and become more aware and cognizant of your triggers and emotions, that's when the work and the results start to come through. So for me personally, once I started recognizing that, you know, if I write out my anxious thoughts on a piece of paper or in my journal, that's a great thing to do. But it also needs to be in combination of other things such as when I'm having those days of really bad anxiety, catching myself in the moment and and figuring out, okay, why am I anxious right now? What's happening around me? What can I do about this? And how can I move forward and get myself out of this state? And this is an extremely difficult thing to figure out and it's taken years and I'm still working on it. But this has to come into play before you go down that rabbit hole of being so far into the anxiety that you can't even recognize that you're anxious. Okay, think of it this way. Anxiety is like a hill. And once you go up the hill... You have a decision about whether you go forward and go down the hill, down the steep slope, or walk back to where you came from. And if you can figure out how to catch yourself before you go down that deep slope, that is the key to figuring out how to manage your anxiety. Because once you go down that steep slope, it is so difficult to get back on that other side. Because at that point, you're not even aware that you're anxious. You're so deep dive into it that you don't even understand that being able to, you're not in the right state of mind to even recognize what's happening. It's just happening. So this is something I've really tried to work on and it's definitely, it takes time. But to be aware of your thoughts before that situation happens is key to understanding the wiring and functioning of your brain and stopping yourself. Stopping yourself before those intrusive and negative thoughts take over your mind and your day. Because in that moment, once those intrusive thoughts take over, it's like, I'm, I'm coming out with a lot of analogies here, but I find that's the best way to explain and relate to the topic of mental health but those intrusive thoughts are like a little monster in your brain and they he you know let's say he's George George the black monster he's in the back of your brain he's always there but he sometimes can hide and 
you know, once George decides to take over your brain, there's no going back. George is there to stay, and he's there to stay for the rest of the day until you go to bed. And maybe, and he'll continue to be there when you wake up, depending on the situation. But you have to figure out how to get George to not come out of the closet, keeping George in the back of your brain. George, you're not allowed to come out. So for me, this is something I've, I've been trying to work on my entire life, and I think I always will be. And that's the thing is that mental health is not a flip of the switch, you're cured. Maybe like, you know, say you have a, um, trying to think, strep throat, you get an antibiotic, you recover from it. It's not like that. It's something that has to be worked on throughout your lifetime. And you have to be willing to really do the work. And that's the bottom line of what I'm trying to get at today. Is that there is no one who's going to be able to fix it for you. It's something you have to take ownership for yourself. Because no one else has access to those thoughts in your brain but you. A doctor can't go in there and and figure out exactly what you're thinking second to second, minute to minute, day to day. It is only you. And it's your choice. You have the ownership. It's right there in front of you. You can decide whether or not you take ownership to prioritize that or walk away from it. And depending on your needs and your wants, I mean, I'm over here. I'm, I'm all for it. I say prioritize it. It's something that's very important to me. But it's definitely not, it's not easy. And there are your good and your bad days. And the bad days are tough. And the good days are great. And there's highs and lows. But if I hadn't done the work that I did when my anxiety was really bad, I wouldn't be where I am today. I wouldn't be in school. I wouldn't be working. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have a dog Actually, my dog is for my anxiety, but that's for another topic or another episode. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's really a matter of putting in the effort and doing the work, especially when you're having those good days. And those good days, be, they're good, but they're also those opportunities to really challenge yourself and to be more aware of why am I feeling good today? Okay, well, I did this and, you know, this happened. Okay, but in those days, those are the days where you really want to step out of your comfort zone and do that work. Think about, you know, oh, someone said that to me and that made me feel really good. Why did that make me feel good? And why wasn't I worried about doing this activity this afternoon? What did I do beforehand that made me feel less anxious before going out with my friends? Using your reflection and ability to look back on situations to a certain extent. I mean, you don't want to live in the past. But reflecting on those little moments, especially in those good days, are what can drive you to go forward. And when you're having those bad days, it gives you some truths and some value and evidence to base off of and go forward 
So say in a situation that, you know, um, you're going out with friends on a weekend night and say you're anxious about staying up late and getting up the next day to work. You have to look back on those good moments when you went out with your friends and you were in control of the situation. You said, you know, I'm going to leave early. I have to work in the morning. And you prepared beforehand and you got through it and you went to work the next day and you were okay. You survived. Those moments are the ones that you need to give yourself that reassurance and evidence that you will be okay and that you will get through this. Because without doing that, you have nothing to base anything off of. So it takes that really deep and critical thinking to get yourself to that point that you can do that. And that takes time, commitment, dedication, and just hard work. You might be sitting there thinking, you know, I don't, this is too much work. I could just keep doing what I'm doing. I will be okay. Um, You know, like I'm going to get through this. It's going to be okay. And you know what? It may be okay right now, but in the future, say something happens or there's a trigger or something happens at work or in your personal life, that's when things can get messy and having that ability to be able to be in control of your mental health and understand what is happening and why it's happening will get you through those hard times. And it's kind of like going back to that idea of the hill and the ball rolling over the hill. Doing the work before you get to that tip of the hill and something happens will help you not go down that hill and get yourself back down to the ground and stay grounded. So it's really, it's, it really is a skill and a technique, an asset to be able to know and recognize your thoughts and how to manage them. Now in terms of prioritizing your mental health in the sake of getting help, getting help can look different for everybody. And this is something I think is not talked about enough because, you know, you hear on the news and in social media, go get help for your mental health if you're struggling. But a lot of people don't really understand or they're afraid of what help actually looks like and what it's like to actually talk to a therapist, what it's like to talk to a psychologist, what even is the difference between a psychologist and a psychotherapist. All of these things are intimidating and nerve-wracking. And if you are out there and you are confused, don't worry because there are tons of other people that are in the same boat as you and I mean you have to start somewhere so my advice would be to do the research so depending upon what your conditions are what you're feeling you can't go wrong with starting somewhere to get help because it will lead you to the right direction But without making that initial step, 
you won't even, you're not going to get anywhere at all. So I know it's intimidating and I know it might be scary, but overcoming that barrier is probably one of the hardest things to do in, in the process of prioritizing your mental health. So once you get over that hump and that barrier, it's a lot easier going forward. You just have to take that first initial step. It's even like talking to somebody in when you're out in public or if you're shy and initiating that first date. That's always the hardest part because once you start going on a t- dates with somebody, it, it gets easier. That first initial moment, conversation about going on that date is the hardest part. It's the same thing when you're trying to seek support. It's for anything. It's like even starting an essay. Oh, that's a good one. Starting an essay, writing that first introduction or even just starting it is the hardest part. But once you get the ball rolling, it's so much easier. Same thing with therapy. Once you start, it's so much better. So to wrap up this episode and kind of conclude the main point and what I'm trying to get at here is that prioritizing your mental health is something that only you and nobody else can do. And it's not a one-time quick fix. It's a long-term journey that takes patience, dedication, and commitment. You have to be fully committed and you have to be in it for yourself and nobody else. It has to come from you and that deep desire to become that person that you are striving to achieve. Not the person that other people want you to be, the person that you truly, deep down inside, want to be. So with all that said, I really hope that this episode motivates you and inspires you to take that step, take that leap over that barrier to start the change and prioritize your mental health. No one is stopping you but that little monster George in your head right now from doing it. George, he needs to go away. So go get after him. Tell him he cannot take over your life. You take ownership. You can do this. I believe in you. So many people believe in you. Just do it. Make it happen. That's my motto. I live by it every single day make it happen. So if you want to stay in the loop of my content or future podcast episodes, make sure to follow me on Instagram at balancefactor and to check out my website at balancefactor.com. And thank you so much for listening. I'm really having a lot of fun with this podcast and I'm excited to see where this goes. I think we're really going to start to build a community through this And I really hope this just inspires and motivates you to make it happen for you and for nobody else. So tune in next Tuesday for another new episode. And that is all. Have a beautiful day and I will see you next time. Bye guys.